Good morning, everyone. Beautiful day to be together in God's house and beautiful to be listening to the voices of God's people as we worship together. I felt blessed this week sharing a meal with a friend at a lunch buffet on near Wall Street. I felt blessed this week uh, sitting in a coffee shop with a friend over a cup of tea and just casual conversation. I felt blessed this week by an old seminary friend who listened to our and watched our last uh, Sunday's worship service live streamed on our Facebook page and sent me an encouraging uh, message. If I were to take time to think about it, there were so many ways God blessed me this past week through the actions of others and so many ways that God gave me opportunity to be a blessing. And all of these blessings were really ways God enriched my life through connecting me with other people. And I think that's what a blessing really is. It's God enriching life through connecting us with other people. It's really what our Lenten message series is all about, sharing hope. It's getting us to recognize that, that God has a job for us to do. He has a mission for us to accomplish. God wants us to share the hope of Jesus Christ with real live people in positive and refreshing ways, ways that would encourage further faith conversation, that would invite people into the community of the church and hopefully see them take that step of commitment to a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This book has been our guide. It's called Surprise the World. Many of you are reading it or you're studying it in your small groups. And in it, the author, Michael Frost, kind of lifts out five habits to help us live missionally. Now, missionally, that might be a new word for some of us, but it means to be engaged in the mission that God has entrusted to us in sharing this good news about Jesus and making disciples for him. So far, we've gone through the first two habits. The first is to bless uh, three other people, at least one of whom is not a church member, with either a word of encouragement, an act of kindness, or a simple but thoughtful gift. That was habit one. And I hope many of you are taking that seriously and, and looking for positive, thoughtful ways to bless others. Habit number two was to eat. We love that. Eat for Jesus. Eat with at least three people, one of whom is not from the church. Uh, eat a meal, share a cup of coffee, a bagel, either in your home or at a restaurant or somewhere, so that you can deepen a relationship by eating with someone. Uh, we had a great men's breakfast last uh, Saturday. Almost 100 men came together, uh, men from the church as well as their guests. And guys, that counts, so you can check that box, okay? Ladies, there's an opportunity for you to do the same thing this coming Saturday morning, April 13th, called the IF Table. It's a follow-up to the IF, the IF Gathering conference that we hosted a number of weeks ago. Just a simple breakfast with then some spiritual conversation around the table, open to all women, uh, you can read about it in your bulletin or on our website, but we'd encourage you to come because that would count for you too. You can remember the five habits pretty easily because they spell out the word bells, B-E-L-L-S. B for bless, E for eat, and today the third habit is the L, and it's for listen, as we just heard sung about. The challenge is to find one period of time this week, 10, 15, 30 minutes, whatever time frame works for you, Find one period of time for you to really listen to the Spirit. Listen to the Spirit. Why is listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit an important missional habit? Because if you're not regularly listening to the Holy Spirit, eventually you will give up on the other habits. You will give up on living missionally for Jesus. 
Let me illustrate it this way. A couple of uh, weeks ago, Don and I went to the Paper Mill Playhouse in Milburn to see a musical about the British invasion. Some of you have probably seen it too. It was our date night, so we wanted to eat ahead of time. So we got, found a restaurant in downtown Milburn, made a, um, a reservation, so then we could just walk to the Paper Mill. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> it wasn't a restaurant where we had been before. So we got there, they seated us at a table for two, but it was kind of in the back of the restaurant near the kitchen. And I didn't really think about it at the time because we were in a hurry to eat and order our food and all the rest. But it was a bad place for a table because there was just too much traffic going on right behind my ear, just whizzing by, you know, bus boys, uh, the wait staff, the uh, people going to the restroom. You know, there was just way too much going on behind me. Plus the music piped in was just too loud. So we're trying to have a conversation, and I can see Donna's lips are moving, but I've been only getting like every other word, okay? And I know I don't need hearing aids. I had my hearing tested not that long ago. It was the environment that was preventing me from hearing this person that I love. Now, she could have been talking about how the dog needed a new flea and tick collar. I don't know, because I couldn't understand what she was saying. I wanted to be able to hear this person that I care about. And isn't that often our way with God? The noise in our daily lives prevents us from really hearing from the Lord, prevents us from sensing His presence, distracts us from our mission. This third habit of listen to the Spirit, it challenges us to filter out some of the noise that we hear so that we can actually listen to the promptings of the Spirit. We have to intentionally lean in to listen, like me leaning across the table so that I could hear what was being said. Are you regularly setting aside time to really listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you about your life, your problems, God's solutions, your purpose in being Christ's disciple? Are you listening? Because the testimony of Christians throughout the centuries from the ancient church until now is that it does take self-discipline and personal effort to really tune our ears to hear God. It takes a discipline of ear, heart, and soul to really listen to God. You see, God is always speaking. God is always calling to us, but we are so full and busy and noisy that we can't really hear or discern the voice of the Spirit. There are too many voices calling to us, distracting us. And so this third habit is so simple and so practical, really like the other habits of blessing and eating. They're actually pretty simple. But this idea of, spending, of setting aside time in quiet to listen for the Spirit is just so basic to the Christian life. And yet, I know so many Christians just don't do it. We are so busy. We don't have time set aside just to be quiet and to listen to God. So it is any wonder that the church here in America seems to be so anemic sometimes. We, we say we want God to answer our prayers. We say we want God to give us direction. We say we want God's power to sustain us through the day but we don't ever get quiet enough to actually listen or hear or connect with what the Spirit is saying. In fact, instead, we become very creative in our excuses about why we don't listen to the Spirit, why we can't carry out Christ's mission to make disciples, why we don't connect with people who don't know Jesus, why we don't open our homes to others. We're busy and friends, we are very comfortable with that as our excuse. There are never going to be perfect moments to be quiet before God. Nighttime, morning, afternoon, we can always find an excuse. We can find a reason why not. 
It's hard to sit and listen quietly to the Spirit. We're going to rush to the shower, grab something to eat, out the door for the train, the bus, the yoga class, school, whatever it might be. Our days are filled, and yet our hearts are so unfulfilled. Our days are, our schedule is packed, but our hearts are unfulfilled. We just can't find that block of time to disconnect from the busyness so that we can reconnect with the one who is always speaking to us. The real question is, do we actually place any value at all on this one who is speaking and what is being said? Do we really value a word from the Lord? Or do we simply take God for granted? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Is that all I care about? Is that the whole gospel? I mean, really? Is that all that God has to say? You see, there's a difference between hearing and listening. We can hear a lot of things, but you can only actually listen to a few things. A lot of Christians, I think, hear the gospel, but they're not really listening to what is being said. It's like they're missing every other word out of Jesus' mouth. We need to lean in and listen. Lean in and listen because true listening will also be followed by action. If we listen to the Spirit, it will lead to action. Maybe that's why we don't want to listen because we don't want to hear from God. It might upset our cherished routine. If we're really going to listen to what the Spirit says about our lives, our schedule, our priorities, our finances, our giving, our serving, if we all listen to that, it might upset our very carefully arranged apple cart. Better to let God be our silent partner. Because if you are never taking time to listen to the Spirit, that is exactly what God is in your life. He is your silent partner. If we take time to listen to the Spirit, we have to be willing to take action on what is said. If we believe God is encouraging us to do something, we need to do it. Do you ever remember playing the game Simon Says as a kid? You know, I don't know if kids still play that game. There's, there's not an app for it, you know. So Simon says, pat your head, you pat your head. It's a pretty simple game in the church. Jesus says, do this, and for some reason, we don't think we have to. We have to memorize it. We can study it, memorize it, but we don't have to do it. Jesus said, go and make disciples. Well, how many here made any disciples this week? What did you do this week to make a disciple? Who are the disciples that you are making? If a parent tells a child, go clean your room, and then two hours later the kid comes back and says, I memorized what you said. I can say it in Greek, you know. I'm going to invite some friends over. We're going to have a study on what it might mean if I actually clean my room. But the real question is, are you doing it? And isn't that the church? I mean, Jesus asked this question, Luke 6, 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you do not do what I say? Why do you call, there's a disconnect here. You must not actually understand what the word Lord means. Supreme leader, master, owner, boss, king. Jesus doesn't want us to memorize things, but to take action on the things that he's told us to do. Why do we think we can just quote Jesus and not do what he said? If we actually believe what Jesus said, then we would start making disciples. It's that simple. And that's not just the pastor's job. That's the whole church. Set aside one time this week and begin to listen to the Spirit. This third habit means you commit an, to an ongoing investment in your relationship with Christ, <clears throat> an investment of time. It's vital that we develop this habit of what the church has historically called a spiritual discipline. There are a lot of spiritual disciplines, prayer, worship, 
a Bible study, fellowship, fasting, financial giving, lots of spiritual disciplines. This kind of classic discipline of silence and solitude is important. Growing closer in our relationship with Christ so that when we are finally given the opportunity to speak for him, we can speak with passion about our relationship with God. We can speak with passion about Jesus. The habit of listening to the Spirit is a gift so that we lean closer in and really connect with Christ in a more powerful way. I mean, as we go through the world, are we just going to look like everybody else? Are we just living for ourselves? If we're just living that way, then as the book talks about, it's not interesting, it's not surprising, it will not invite questions from anybody. But if we are blessing and eating in the way of the Spirit, in the way of Jesus, that's what will be surprising to people. Now, as we kind of engage with the world, Jesus said, be in the world, but not of the world. And, you know, we could drift over to one side and just be totally like the world, just be gluttons and everything else. Or we could drift the other way and become Pharisees who are very judgmental, either, either engaging or withdrawing. But neither of those extremes is right if you're a Jesus follower. We have to find the balance between the two. If we're truly like Christ, we want to live in the tension between withdrawing and engaging. And we need the Spirit's promptings to know how to do that. We need to hear the Spirit when we move too far this way or, or too far this way. We need to be able to hear the Spirit say, yes, go ahead and do that, or no, that is not a good thing to do. We need to hear the Spirit, take time to train our ears to hear so that we can know what the Spirit is saying when we're on the run, when we're in the middle of the busy week. The only way to recognize the Spirit in those situations is if you've taken time in quiet to train your voice to hear the Spirit. Then when we're in those moments of cacophony, we'll be able to recognize the Spirit's voice. It's in the moments of silence that we learn and train ourselves to recognize the Spirit so that later we can hear His voice above the tornado of voices around us. Friends, if you are not listening to the Spirit, then really what is the difference between the way you live and the secular person? The Apostle Paul put it this way in Acts 8, 5. Those who are dominated by the sinful selves think about sinful things, but those who, think, those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. That last phrase is so important. Letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Now, if you want a quick refresher course on the Holy Spirit and His role in your life, just read through John 14, 15, and 16. Jesus teaches a lot about it. God the Spirit, the third expression of the Holy Trinity, co-equal with the Father and the Son from all eternity. Jesus calls Him our, our helper, our advocate, the one who comes alongside, who lives within us. He's sort of like the spiritual Wi-Fi connection to the Father and the Son, the Spirit is why billions of people can all pray all at the same time and be heard uniquely and individually by the Father and the Son. In John 14, 26, Jesus gives this insight. He says, the helper will teach you everything and will cause you to remember all that I told you. It's because of the Spirit that disciples could accurately remember the teachings of Christ and then write them down for us in the Gospels. And the Spirit still helps us to apply God's Word written into our modern situations. The Spirit will never set aside the written Word of God to give us some new bizarre twist on His teaching. 
the Spirit will never speak in opposition to how God has already spoken and God's words written. So that's why if you're a little concerned that this gets too mystical and it's going to take us into flights of fancy, we always come back to God's word as our guide. The Spirit will never set aside Scripture in order to appease some current cultural trend. The Spirit does speak for Christ and will give you impressions, leadings, ideas, insights, thoughts, even premonitions, sometimes comforting, sometimes challenging. Those of us who are more rationalistic, we get a little uncomfortable here because it sounds a bit too mystical or metaphysical, and it is because it's spirit. And faith isn't all about the intellect. It's also about the heart and about listening. Go back to the Old Testament. Read the story of young Samuel in 1 Samuel 3. Samuel's a boy under the care of the high priest Eli. Samuel hears his name being called in the middle of the night. He thinks it's Eli. Goes to him three times and says, here I am, you called me. And Eli finally figures it out and says, no, it was the Spirit of God calling to young Samuel. So he says in verse 9, go to bed. If he calls you again, say, speak, Lord. I am your servant and I am listening. That's the attitude God wants from all of us. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Or think of Philip in the New Testament in Acts chapter 8. He's already been very open and sensitive to the leadings of the Holy Spirit. But then Philip hears, hears the call of the Spirit to go to a certain road at a certain time because God has prearranged for him to meet this Ethiopian official who's going to be traveling by in his chariot at that right particular time. And he needs some guidance in understanding the meaning of Scripture. So Philip follows the prompting of the Holy Spirit, gets welcomed into the official's caravan, explains to him the good news about Jesus as the Messiah, sees the miracle of new birth happen as he confesses Christ and wants to be baptized. And as you read the book of Acts, it's obvious that this kind of listening to and leading by the Holy Spirit was the norm in the early church and not the exception. What Michael Frost is encouraging us to do is to rediscover this biblical tradition because there are a lot of different kinds of prayer. This meditative listening prayer, it's only one kind. But if we want to practice the first two habits of blessing and eating, we're going to need to know, well, who should we bless, Lord? Who should I make the effort to eat with, Lord? But to do that, we need to hear from the Spirit because God is arranging things for us. He's already ahead of us working in people's lives. So that's why we can pray, God, who do you want me to encounter today? The goal is simply to permit the Holy Spirit to activate the Word of God in our lives. And for this, we need three things. We need solitude. We need silence. We need centering prayer. Solitude's the beginning. Time apart from people without interruptions. You have to intentionally choose this moment. Decide you are going to have your moment with the Spirit. Five minutes even, if it's deliberate. Plan it and put it on your calendar. Sunday night, Monday morning, whatever works for you. But just an intentional plan to be quiet before the Lord. As Jesus said, when you pray, just go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who cannot be seen. Matthew 6.6. 6. So set aside a designated time. But you need to put it on your calendar because then you can say somebody wants you to do something. I I've got an appointment. You don't have to tell them the appointments with Jesus. But when you say, I've got an appointment, that's sacred to people. So you can do that. And then silence. Silence is kind of a scary word, particularly churches like ours. We tend to be built on a lot of activity. 
We do, we're like a beehive all week long, things going on, running programs. In that way, maybe we are too much like our culture. We've been infected with the busy bug too. Listening in silence is a different kind of prayer. Mostly when we pray, we bring our laundry list of needs, all our intercessions to God. Do that some other time when you pray. In this habit, we just want to listen, to quiet our minds and hearts and let the Spirit do the talking. Don't read books, don't listen to podcasts, don't listen to music. Just listen for the Spirit. It is so much harder. It's a real challenge, especially if you're an extrovert. A challenge to just to stop and to hear. You have to cut out other sensory input. To be alone with God. It's like you got to go into a zone with God. And I know this is tough, especially for a lot of our tired parents. You're in the season of life, and it is a gift that season. But you know what? Couples can work it out. You know, you kind of play tag. You're it now. Give me my half an hour, and then you can have yours. Turn the phone off. Slow your mind down. Go into your room. Close the door. Sit upright in a good, hard chair. Or go for a walk, but without the earbuds. And then practice centering prayer. It's an ancient way of just being in God's presence. Silence, but not empty-headed. Practice repeating a centering prayer like Luke 18, 13. Lord Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner. Just repeat that prayer so it settles your mind down. Quiet your mind, and immediately you'll realize how tough this is. Our minds jump around like grasshoppers. As soon as you try to be quiet, a million different thoughts will flood into your head. And that's why it's good to have a notebook with you. Just write down all those annoying things that pop into your head. Get them out of there. But remember, you're not trying to get God to do anything. You just want to bring your thoughts under control. It's very simple. It's not like Eastern meditation or um, mindfulness, mindfulness, as it's often called now, where the mind is just emptied. Our goal is to calm our minds so that they can be filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. Lord Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner. Rest your mind in Christ. Center your thoughts on Him. Open yourself to the Spirit. Skip your agenda. Let God speak and just enjoy His presence. Listen to the Spirit with joy in your heart. And this will take time, but you have to stick with it. Listening is much tougher than the other two habits because it requires real weekly discipline, but it will add oxygen to your soul. So don't give up. You're going to have to practice, practice, practice. At first, it'll feel like, hey, I'm wasting my time. This habit takes months to develop. It will not happen in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. And then follow the Spirit's promptings. A name, a reminder, an idea. The Spirit may convict you of a sin or encourage you in your faithfulness. You sense the Spirit's presence. Follow the Spirit's leading. This week, continue to bless, continue to eat, but how are we going to do that if we're not really listening to the Spirit? How will we know who to connect with and who to eat with if we're not listening to the Spirit? So your homework this week, plan one time alone in solitude and silence to listen for the Spirit. On the back of your bulletin this morning, I hope you picked one up on the way in. If not, you can grab one on the way out, is an outline of how one great Christian leader practiced this heart this habit of, of listening. You could use this as a template, as a guide, because it's like we need training wheels when we're getting started with something. 
So use this as a template to get you started. We always want to provide you with a, a tool to help you with your next step. It's one of our values here. So use this as a template to help you get started with a habit of listening. But begin this as a spiritual habit. This week, lean across the table and listen for that voice of love. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to speak to us and give us the courage and the boldness to sit quietly before you, either in our rooms or while we walk or while we're doing something where we can be separate and alone, Lord. We know that our minds will just be like jackrabbits. There's so much that'll jump in there, Lord. Give us the discipline to stick with it so that we can really hear what the Spirit will say. We thank you that it's a voice of love. In Christ's name we pray, amen.